Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to a new Redefining Technology podcast. Standing on two feet, having dexterous hands, developing a language that allows us to communicate, and the ability to understand abstract concepts. These are all part of the equation of humanity. Still, it is the capacity to create tools and advance the technology that has allowed us to thrive on this planet and maybe on others. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. Devo unlocks the full value of machine data for the world's most instrumented enterprises. The Devo Data Analytics Platform addresses the explosion in volume of machine data and the crushing demands of algorithms and automation. Learn more at devo.com. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. Marco. Sean. When was the last time you uh, you wore your car to work? I did what? <laughs> you wore your car. Everybody <laughs> wear their cars to work nowadays. I don't know. Uh, can you do that? <laughs> I, I I think so. I think uh, that those that have the means to wear their car to work do wear their car to work. Okay. Tell me more about. Maybe it. the car is the work. I don't know. What kind of what kind of news are you reading lately? <laughs> I'm reading all kinds of fun news. No, I, I'm being silly, of course, as I, I like to do at the beginning of some of these. But we've been covering a bit of uh, activities at CES in Las Vegas. And uh, there were some technologies there that that inspired me. They, they happened to be uh, Swiss-based technologies. And I said, Let, let's bring these folks together and, and kind of get a view of what's going on uh, tech-wise in the world, and we actually have uh, Natalia and, and Nathan on joining us. Thank you both for, for being part of the show. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for grabbing us out from, from CES and bringing us to this talk show. So it's, I look so much looking forward and to our discussion for sure. Very good, very good. So be, before we hear a little bit about yourself and uh, and what your company do uh, and this is going to be a conversation that we usually have when we're defining technology which is about technology serving humanity uh, making our life better and uh, and not just doing it idealistically for for the gain and the money and just because we can't right like what's the purpose of technology nowadays sometimes it's scary uh, you know, when you think of robotics that take uh, your place, your job, and artificial intelligence making decisions for you, but 
we're not on that wagon, Sean. I mean, are you are you scared of technology? I'm scared of humans more than technology. I'm I'm scared of AI, to be honest with you. I yeah. Have to be honest with you. <laughs> did, you, did you met AI in the street? You run? I met I met AI <laughs> online, and uh, the, the things that it can think of for me is uh, pretty incredible. Mm, uh, I know where you're going. That with with uh, with a physical technology stack, and uh, it can get pretty fun, but. Uh, fun if if we kind of point things in the right direction and yeah. uh and I w i'm going to use this opportunity to have our guests not quite yet but kind of look at the past present and future where things are where things are going uh but before we do that a few words from our two guests so we know who they are and what they're about and why are they involved in technology so natalia we'll start with you well thanks sean so my name is natalia and ceo and founder of algorist and uh, we use AI to develop the people sensing uh, solutions, a software embedded on chip. And we're capable of detecting people at the distance, breathing, heart rate, without any wearables, and we can do it through the world. And the reason why we, uh, we're doing this, um, as I think that any, when we start thinking of it, what is technology, right? Uh, and the technology was is a creation of our mind. It's made by humans. It's made. It starts from the idea, from somebody had this idea, had this vision, and then, and it's always the the vision is always for the good, right? For the positive things, and uh, then that things transforms into the tools and technologies, the tools that we use. And uh, today we have many tools. We can use AI. We have cloud solutions. We have powerful servers. So of course we've got many tools now to realize our dreams, and all those dreams it's always come from the being making good for humanity. So and that's what we started this idea is that for the protecting people's lives. So looking at the people's safety domain, looking at um, rescue missions. So imagine on the building collapse and uh, you just give this tool to the uh, rescue mission, they would know that there is a breathing person real time so they can act immediately so those things that initially originally that's what you come up with the idea and as you pursue this idea because as a humanity we use the technology to protect us um, to um, improve our quality of life for our well-being for giving us what we don't have anymore like uh, in some uh, like that's uh, related with the life events and then, of course, we, uh, we use the technology as consumers as well for having fun and for our normal needs. So on this basis, that's how everything is created. And that's what the foundation of startups like ours is also. I'm sure Nathan's uh, startup as well is doing the same thing. So that's where we are. You've raised so many questions already for me, Natalia. <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm to I'm trying to hit up the discussion. So there you go. Perfect. <laughs> uh, Nathan. What are you up to? Yeah, I'll try to kick off from my side. Uh, so um, like Natalia, I think I became intertwined with the technology around a question about its use um, and its usefulness. Um, I actually wasn't, I'm not a founder um, of my particular startup. Uh, Lighthouse Tech makes uh, eyewear. It's an eyewear frame uh, designed for people who can't see. So. Uh, this actually came out of, a, I guess, a design um, background. Uh, 
um, and a particular design background at that fashion eyewear design. Uh, our founders are in the fashion eyewear industry, um, had many years of experience behind them, um, and got together and started to look at what they could do with, uh, with glasses uh, to support people um, as an, ass an assistive technology uh, piece, of, piece of hardware. Um, so they started to talk to people in, uh, in, uh, in uh, blind associations um, and uh, eventually came up with sort of a set of problems that they, they thought they could address. Um, so uh, interesting, I'm going to just come in and say, you know, I came in about a year ago. My background is uh, social sciences. Uh, I work, uh, my, originally I was working in indigenous land use planning and I was working sort of in designing uh, uh, landscapes, um, if you will. Um, and um, so, you know, many of the things, many of the questions clicked, um, many of sort of the social reasons to be in this clicked. Um, and um, I think the issue for me became, um, you know, how can we do something that's innovative, uh, that's not, we're not reinventing the wheel. Um, how can we sort of, uh, you know, iterate on this and, and come through uh, experience? And, and I think I just want to bring this one thing up is that if you go and you read into the scientific literature uh, or into the patent literature, you know, try and find how many people have tried to solve the problem of blind people bumping into things. It's a lot. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of things that, um, that didn't make it to the market uh, because they, they, uh, you know, they didn't meet uh, specific needs uh, and, and they didn't do it in a particularly good, good way. I'm not saying that we're going to be you know, the great success story and that we're gonna be uh, all that different. I hope we, we are. Um, but these, this is definitely a, a huge concern of mine coming into this, and uh, and I think we want to try and at least approach it the right way. Yeah, I love that. And just for those listening, sadly, we uh, the third guest I had uh, slated to join us uh, wasn't able to make it, but uh, the technology they were bringing was also around uh, helping visually impaired uh, folks move around, and, and more specifically in, in automobiles with... Uh, using sounds to help guide them. And the reason I thought that these, the three of you, now two of you would come together and then kind of share an interesting story is because this is, this is real life, right? Not everybody may have a safety concern at any particular moment or may have an impairment at any particular moment, but we are all together in this world and we want each other to participate and we want to participate with everyone else in a way that's safe and 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 healthy right and and hopefully in a meaningful way as well and so i think both of you kind of touched on this but i'm going to go pointedly to to this question about uh is it a a problem looking for a solution or technology looking for a problem and and maybe I'll, I'll just kind of leave it there for for both of you to touch on that. How, how do we how do we bring things to market these days? And perhaps your own experience, and maybe some of the other things that you saw at CES might be interesting to to bring in here as well. Natalia, maybe start with you first. Well, there are dif there are different views about this. I'll tell you my view and what what we do in the company. 
it's at the core of our belief that we 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 have chosen a journey of safety, right? And everything we do. So you could choose a journey of um, saving planet, um, cleaner clean tech, and everything. So we have realized that there is a, a need for, and we we knew that we have a knowledge, the right knowledge to do it. Um, so we put our brains together and said, how can we do, and what we can do to have zero injuries, um, zero fatalities, and protect people's lives. And not only that, but also to improve the quality of lives. And that's a big thing, right? And that was the uh, that's the core. So we started from that big, very big vision about so what we're gonna do. Then we drilled down to the uh, um, to the specific uh, knowledge that we had because we are good at something, right? We are not good at many things, but we knew that we are very good at embedding software and doing this, I call it AI, and but doing algorithms, right? So it's almost like, well, you know, we can just crunch the like trash in, trash out, and just give you. So we take a signal, and out of signal, we give you your detection, right? Your heartbeat and everything. So we knew how to do it, and we knew that we are good at doing that. So we started kind of grinding on that. And so that wasn't saying, okay, well, that's the technology. And then we said, which technology we're going to use. So I think that by the, uh, uh, I think that putting the right brains together, where you're not saying, okay, we're going to use that, like, you know, okay, so we'll try that and this and that. We said, okay, this is the problem and what technology we're going to use to solve it. And so this, that's the uh, the approach that we adopted. Um, so it was, as for a startup, it's quite risky as well to do it this way. But it's the foundation and the core of the beliefs, and that's what kind of reunites the people at work in the team. And uh, so the first thing that when we start working together, we we go through all the values. We start, we've got seven core values, and we say, okay, do we share the same values? So, and then afterwards, then we we bring in the technology, the right technology to use. So, we kind of go it go it do it other way around. We don't first do technology, and we say, okay, that's going to fit into this market. We more start from the uh, bigger course um, to look at it. Yeah, and same from you, Nathan. Yeah, so um, I guess, you know, again, pr approaching it from uh, from Lighthouse's uh, design journey, um, you know, we started with an object. Um, it's uh, It has a use, it has a, we know that uh, glasses could have a variety of uses. And now at CES, of course, we're seeing glasses with a huge variety of uses that there weren't, you know, weren't around before. Um, so that was, I guess, a little bit of the uh, impetus that, uh, that, that the founders, uh, you know, went out with, um, what could we do uh, with this object? Um, so in, in some sense, yes, it was, uh, there is a technology looking for a solution there. Uh, so, uh, sorry, for a problem. <laughs> um, of course, the, um, the iteration on that um, is where things start to come back around again um, from, uh, you know, once you, and I really think, you know, the, the best work is done by, uh, you know, one expert talking to another. And so in this case, we have a fashion expert and design expert uh, coming in to talk to people who are experts at navigating without sight or with very little residual sight um, and trying to figure out what the, what the solution uh, might look like, um, and and wonderful things uh, start happening. Um, one of the most interesting things that I find is uh, running into 
uh, people uh, at uh, meetings and, and uh, trade fairs, for example, this one. We were also uh, at a medic, uh, medical trade fair in Dusseldorf uh, just a couple months back, so we're more sort of in contact with the, the medical field. Um, and of course, you get a different, you get different uh, ideas and solutions coming out as well there. Um, interestingly, at CES, um, uh, well, interestingly, a very positive outcome. Um, uh, there were quite a few blind people walking around, uh, quite a few people from associations who, uh, who come looking for these new ideas. Um, CES is a, the kind of place where a lot of things sort of come out of the woodwork. Uh, so it's a place to put you know, new technologies on display, even if they're not finished. So the iterative pro process, you know, uh, I came into CES thinking, oh, we're going to have to show something, we're going to have to launch something. It's about going public. Uh, but you know it is and it isn't. You know, it's also a lot of a lot of iteration happens there. Um, some new potential linkages and, and new outcomes in terms of what the device might do. Um, you know that was that was one of the things that were that, that, that came out of CES for sure. I would share I would share totally with you this uh, this approach. I think that's what you see. Is we we had the same thing. We came from the safety element. And then this, uh, and we demonstrate what we can do, and it's taken a completely, uh, you know, the path we didn't expect. We had so many meetings from automotive. Um, they were clearly coming us with the problem. We need to detect the child in the car. We need to have the uh, driver vitals detection for the, like the in-car safety. And uh, so it's literally like the adaptation to the market, even in the other segments, um, just and that's what the CS is great about. It's we also were playing and we launched right, but we launched minimum viable. We were still like on thirty first of December coding the software, right? Just, just to give right. an idea. So it was like really just bringing it all live the last moment. But it's true that how it takes the from the idea to the first step from the first call, and then you realize that then it just keeps multiplying through the different segments. Absolutely. I, I want to bring it to, an, I'm going to say higher level, but more of an overview, like a bird eye on, on technology and society, because that's, that's what I do. I'm nothing like you. I come from political science and sociology. So it's, uh, you know, Sean and I always more like what tech can do. And I'm like, why tech does that? So uh, cool. from what, from your stories, and, and I luckily I, I hear this a lot, it's, it's very hard to say, well, this is where everything starts. It's a spark that comes on two places. And I remember reading um, a book and then a podcast uh, a while back where they were talking about in order for things to happen on a technological level, you need the the coexistence and the, the, the development of many different factors that just need to come together at the right time. So you may have this great idea to resolve blindness or to resolve uh, other kind of problems, safety in the car, safety in the building, searching people under the, the snow or an earthquake or whatever it is. But you're like, yeah, that'd be great. But right now I'm using a dog for both <laughs> and I'm using a cane for both, you know, a stick good to point. look for that in the snow <laughs> or whatever. So I think the will of doing good, it's, it's always there. The technology that come together now is really projecting us into a world that, let's face it, 20 years ago was 
sci-fi and now we're living it so we can go back to artificial intelligence and all of this so i i think that i would love to hear these um much like you know philosophical perspective on things you know forget that you own a company or you work for a company i want your true honest view on you know what what will make you wake up in the morning and, and do this and what is the vision for you for the future of technology coming forward many other examples that needs to be for good environment and so forth so um Let's go with Natalia again, uh, and, then uh, go, and then Nathan, you can pick uh, it up. Yeah, you want the honest truth? What wake me up in the morning is a good cup of coffee, you know, to start a day. <laughs> so there you go. So that and, that, and then you go good, and then you do good, <laughs> and then you do good. Then you wake up. Right? Then you're ready. You're ready to do. Good. <laughs> then, you're ready, then you're ready for a new day. So exactly. now, I mean, what really wakes me up in the morning is is actually it's the uh, the way that we kind of you go and work with a team you work with people you interact right um and i think i should go back because you know i was a founder and i was kind of you know alone you have this idea and all these things so when i go today to the office and i see all these people interacting having ideas and uh, brainstorming and you know just that in, that's society so that's where the company as the uh, as ex the existence of enterprises right is not one person it's many so and i think what really wakes me up every morning is that seeing all the people like collaborating like collectively to come up with these brilliant ideas and then you just you know all you're doing is like guiding in this way or right way and you're sticking to some plan or not um so you definitely i, don't, I think i think as humans you don't wake up in the morning and say right i'm gonna save the world right Oh, you kind of like as humans, you wake up, you drink a coffee, then you go and interact. Now, the fun happens is that when you have your eureka moments. And uh, and the thing is that uh, if you have a sequence of eureka moments, when you collaborate with technology, because you can go mad, absolutely mad, the technology can kill you. Like you're looking at this, you know, running things, you just don't understand what's taking you. And then when you get those moments and you realize that you can see, you can feel, you can realize that what's actually doing so those are the moments that are incredible and that would start your ideas just popping up saying okay well that's what that is the right one that feels right that's the right way to do it um so that's really the uh, the way that's that's how i feel about you know and what wakes me up in the morning i'm nowhere different than anybody else and we're all just the same people at the end so we need a good cup of coffee to start a day or a cup of tea whatever and just interact and i think that's where the technology now today um you mentioned something that's interesting is that technology the, the times has to be right um and uh something really is changing in the world today and we could really see at speed that we are adopting technology as humans that wasn't like this 10 years ago so when we were talking about innovation 10 years ago or some things people would just say well it doesn't work right straight away oh it's you know but today the society we all kind of want to say okay well that's so great so we we, we feel a taste of it we want we want to know more we're scared we said oh my god this ai what is going to do to us but we realize that we as humans we adopted already technology yeah, and I think our situation is, the, uh, is probably the last one that we still remember how we were just kind of like having normal human meetings and 
And if you look at the younger generation, they already, um, that's it, you know, they, they're part of the technology. Yeah. Nathan, what's your take on that? Maybe you can start it from the, the doing good. I don't know. When you say glasses, I always think like, the the famous google glass experiment and how yeah. maybe it wasn't the right time and maybe it wasn't marketed the right way versus being something that is very useful and i think the same application goes to a lot of things right so your take on this point so um yeah i have a couple thoughts but let's just start with the google glass because i think that's actually a, a perfect <laughs> <laughs> turns out uh there's another company that does assistive tech for blind and low vision people um, that took the Google Glass and actually made it into a wonderful accessible instrument. So they basically took an existing piece of hardware and made it into something that works, um, you know, in, in a particular, you know, outside of its um, enterprise environment where it's often found. Um, and this is sort of an example of, um, I think what I think is, a, you know, a, a, good, a good news, a good story about tech. Uh, which is that, um, and I've sort of been circling around the, the assistive tech um, marasma for, for some time, um, you know, absorbing good stories, but the best stories seem to be when there's this crossover between what is considered, uh, you know, tech for a particular issue that you're trying to solve, uh, you know, to assist people uh, you know, with a certain disability or, or uh, pathology, and then all of a sudden, they, they, um, it's either, you know, there's a crossover. So, so in, in the other direction, it would be something like Siri, you know, that was, you know, originally sort of conceived as something to help people, um, uh, you know, as a voice assistant. Um, uh, and, and it could help many people, but it became mainstream. It's something that uh, that eventually made it out of its, you know, out out of the the computer as a you know a little part of it, a little dictation thing that you had to buy as an add-on, and became something that was essential, you know, for for smartphones and, and computers everywhere. Um, but you know, let's uh, remember it's that that uh, you know tech also has a history of not always being good uh, and not always being useful and um, and it's so so often it's very it's very difficult to know um, where that the, these these special moments are going to take place uh, or these special networks uh, referring to what Natalia was was saying are going to come together and really sort of make things uh, take off uh, and, and tech for good well, let's uh, let's go there because yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with uh, building applications and software and even to some degree hardware for cybersecurity purposes. And I always found that when companies came together, a hardware company came together with a software company came together with a services company came together with with a cloud company and, and you start to pull all these parts together, some really amazing things can happen. I, I can only imagine that's true for this space uh, or these spaces as we're talking about and i'm wondering how which which kind of which of those leads the way um are we are we finding that big companies like 
the Googles and Microsofts and the Metas and the whatnots are saying this is an Apple's do this is something we want to strive for. We have some of the technology. We're going to open the platform to enable this. Uh, we have some partners in here, or is it? And it's probably both, but or is it the the little uh, guys and gals uh, scrappy on the streets saying, "I need a partner because I can't really achieve grand scale success without X, Y, and Z." Um, Nathan, I'll go to you with that one to start. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's a really good question. It's also something that I've been trying to figure out myself because it does have some big business implications, especially for startups. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it's a bit of both, but definitely um, with a focus on um, responsibility, with a focus on ESGs, um, we're seeing an atmosphere where um, startups can be sort of the, the bright light of the future, the little darlings, the, the ones that uh, come up with the, with, with the interesting solutions. Um, so there is a lot of hope being placed in, in the little guy or girl. <laughs> um, I don't think that um, this, is, this is true across the board, of course, uh, and, and, um, uh, but it is definitely supported by some practices, um, open innovation practices, uh, opening up uh, code bases or uh, making, uh, making space for innovation challenges. Um, these are some of the ways that that might happen uh, and, and sort of you know, keep people hungry, keep the hope alive. Uh, but certainly um, you know, the, 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 the networks around, around this stuff um, are, 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 uh, are becoming more and more important. Natalia, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this question to you and I'm going to switch it slightly, uh, taking the open part that Nathan just mentioned. Um, because with open it, one might think transparent as well. I know Nathan, when you're talking about open, I'm thinking open API is where I can now talk to a bunch of different things, but that that's an interface that somebody's chosen to expose and Presumably, there's a lot still behind the API that isn't transparent sure. in how it works, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this to you, Natalia, because with the AI stuff you're doing, I'm wondering your thoughts on the openness and transparency of how the algorithms work and how things are analyzed and decisions might be made uh, to do things that weren't possible, but perhaps do things that shouldn't be possible. <laughs> Well, well, when you work with al with algorithms, when you work with um, what you see out of technology, you're typically searching for something, right? So you've got you've got a lot of information that you can obtain. So you need to keep the goal very much focused on something. But while you're searching for that information, you're noticing something else, and then you put it in your backside uh, of your mind, and you say, okay, that's how I will see. Like I give you an idea, we were searching for people detection, and then we realized that hey, we can actually see something. What is it? Or it looks like it's a breathing, right? And then we say, well, the breathing, but oh, there's something else. Oh, that looks like heart rate because we could see those beats, and then we would test it, and we could. So there is like the discovery going on now. When you expose this, and then you start noticing, we have lots of things in our pipeline, so you notice those things. The question is always. Uh, what is it for? What is your product roadmap? 
what you're going to expose to the market, what is your minimum viable product, are we ready to adopt it? So all those questions really come into game. So when you start sharing, that's why we we start with the minimum viable product. Now, what we're working today is probably anything that you would call as a minimum viable product to launch. The first, the first one you're going to launch. What is that? The one that's going to make a difference. You have to think in the future because that's going to happen like in two or four years from now, but you're doing it today. So you are kind of living in the future. And, uh, you know, for startups in general, it's always a big leap of faith is that you start working four years ago, or two years ago on this idea, you're doing this, and then you're ready for a launch. And even, so the minimum viable, that is a key. So, and then, uh, and that's the one you're going to expose because this is the one that you, you corresponds to. And I think when you're sharing the information, that's, we all kind of share the, uh, what we know that it's working, what we can we contribute, you know, because every, it's complex. We call them complex algorithms, but in reality, it's simple, right? Um, so you start sharing all this complexity between all of us, then uh, it will just will become a gibberish, right? It just will not, it will not fly. So uh, sharing the right piece of information, the contributing, and as we're saying, we should contribute collectively. Uh, we should uh, have the minimal viable uh, bring it to the market and then slowly build up on that and uh, add additional things. Um, very, very cool. I, mean, I, I was thinking, uh, see, where do I go to talk about the future? And, uh, you know, things come to mind, privacy, data management, regulation, but I'm not going there. Because you talk about collaboration. We come in touch with you through a large event that has been going on for many 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 years and and at this point the question about the future for you both of you is a company that does everything the acme like of the willy coyote and <laughs> that develop everything nothing works because you know can't do everything well versus the very company that work on one maybe two specific issues collaborate with other and does that one thing well the glasses again be an example uh, detection can be another so how do you guys see the future in this is it going to be that dystopian situation which usually happen in dystopian movie there's only that one bad company that owns everything <laughs> they make either robot ai whatever they own communication networks and it's really bad versus maybe a lot of company that collaborate together, there's room for everyone, and that's a utopian uh, vision. So I'm open for both, but I love your opinion on on, on this. Well, let me, let me just right. so, um, we're a strong, strong believers is that we should collaborate. And uh, you could see, especially if you work with deep tech, um, it, it's like, you need to have a second person opinion. You need to have several people putting their brains and uh, that we're do we're good at doing one part, you're good at this part. Um, cause it, and that collaboration is the key. And uh, so we are partnering with many companies today. And uh, they are clearly, uh, some of them taking this product to the market, some of them are adding some more uh, information. So. 
and if you look today in the uh, like technology and everything's in the market there are so many consortium today between the large companies because anything related with the future um i think keeping that in the mind and in the hands of one company that has got its own strategy and the product roadmap uh today in today's world maybe before it was working but today um the the society is, is kind of pushing us in the way that we should collaborate um because we build in the future and uh, yeah. and we need no different yeah yeah i mean i i i mean coming back to the glasses again um just because that's you know i'm I wake up in the morning and think about that. Basically, I wake up in the middle of the night and I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we have a lot of uh, a lot of people um, who, you know, who are uh, driving this innovation, who who want to be able to use this stuff, uh, and they are asking us to not reinvent the wheel, to uh, you know, reach out to the neighboring stand at CES and. You know, have you looked at them because they're doing this, and you know, mm -hmm. or or what are the complementarities between your technology uh, and and this other technology? Are you going to look at this problem? So there's quite a bit of, um, you know, uh, let's try to get it together and um, and move and, and move forward on these things that, you know, we would really like to see uh, within our lifetime. You know, it, it's it's not everybody for themselves here. Yeah, and as I know, we're coming close uh, to the end here, and the, the only thing I can think of is the, the value, and I know there's a lot of challenges if, if there's a big behemoth that kind of owns a lot of this stuff or controls a lot of this stuff, but with them, presumably, they can kind of democratize some of it and potentially even reduce or eliminate the, the digital divide that I that I feel we're kind of marching down a path toward in general. So I'm, I'm hopeful that we can find a way that the market supports small startups, that they, they can find a runway that allows them to succeed, that they, they have an, an ability to be open and trustworthy so that those collaborations do work. And that I think together, uh, they, they don't get overregulated, right? So you don't have to do all these checkbox things uh, that that eat up all your cash and time, versus uh, delivering innovations. And I, I think if if we can kind of do that, then there is a space for all, small to large, bringing technologies to everyone uh, that need them. And yeah, I think that's that's kind of my my final thought of the the hope for the future. Um, I think we talked about the end user in, in the sense that there's probably somebody, on, there is somebody on the other side of all this stuff. Um, we didn't get to talk too much about their perspective, all this and their role of making these things happen. Um, um, so perhaps, I don't know, maybe there's another conversation there, but I guess that Marco, that's my kind of utopian view that, that I think if, if we're all open and, and collaborative and, uh, and work together. I think there's an opportunity here to, to do some really cool things. Well, that, this is why we do this, right? I mean, this is why we try to redefine technology on this channel. We try to redefine society on my channel and redefining cybersecurity on yours, because if we change our mindset, 
you change what you do after you have that cup of coffee in the morning. If you're getting <laughs> up and you say, "My now I drink coffee and then I'm going to conquer the world, it's one thing. <laughs> if you get up and say, I'm going to work with others to make our world a better place, I think there is room. So I, I think, uh, Sean, I, I share with you the, the optimistic view, but um, I don't know if I'm going to put all my money there. We'll, we'll see in a, in a few years. <laughs> but this was a great conversation. I'm glad we got to, to have it. And I wish you the best of luck with uh, both of your business. I want to you know, see you and, and everybody else, really, that want to see us succeed. I, I'm pretty sure that, let's face it, I mean, it, if you have a company that make great uh, headset and you like music, that's, that's the plus, too. It, you know, I mean, it, it, it doesn't have every, everything to be for one specific direction because it's still about life. It's still about enjoying maybe music, video, travel, and, uh, and so forth. But more stories that we will share. So I want to thank you again, uh, Natalia and Nathan, to, for joining us. And Sean, uh, it's good to be positive once in a while. It's hard to I do know. that with cybersecurity. <laughs> so um, technology for good, it's, it's, a it's a different thing. And to the audience, stay tuned. Uh, there'll be notes about uh, Natalia and Nathan if you want to get in touch with them and uh, look at their companies too on uh, on the podcast note and uh, stay tuned we'll talk more about technology and uh, you know we'll, we hope we made you think either in one way or in another that's that's what we try to do thank you very much bug crowds award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. Devo unlocks the full value of machine data for the world's most instrumented enterprises. The Devo Data Analytics Platform addresses the explosion in volume of machine data and the crushing demands of algorithms and automation. Learn more at devo.com. CrowdSec the collaborative and open-source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the Internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Redefining Technology Podcast. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.